Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. When you dread going to work, then you need to check in with yourself. Mm. You, because no one deserves, I don't care how much money, I don't, I don't care if you're making $275,000 a year, $300,000 a year. If you dread doing it, it is not worth it. Mm. So that's when all money is not good money. So, mm. so I would definitely say, if you dread doing anything, just don't do it. Welcome to Think Gold Media. I am your host, Ivory Frimpong. And here on the Think Gold Podcast, I interview guests who come from all walks of life. We talk about topics ranging from spirituality and the deeper meaning behind life, all the way to topics like dealing with adversity and overcoming failure. Ultimately, my goal is to reach beyond social norms and have conversations with people that you wouldn't normally hear on a daily basis. If I can inspire one person, just one person, to take away something from this episode, then this platform has done its job. If this is your first time tuning in, I welcome you to the Think Gold family, and I urge you to follow us on all social media platforms at Think Gold Media. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy today's episode, and Think Gold. Today on the podcast, we bring to you none other than Monique Jeter. Monique holds a master's degree in technology management from Georgetown University and a bachelor's degree in mass communications from Norfolk State University. She serves on the advising committee for Rise Up Technology Staffing, providing television and film production consultation services in Washington, D.C. She also lives with her husband and her son, Monique is committed to creating media that motivates, educates, and invokes positive action within audiences around the globe. Just last year, she premiered her new series of documentaries, starting with the Hello 40 series. Now she was working on bringing to the big screen Hello 30s. I actually got to meet Monique. Uh, We met each other, crazy story, but we met each other at a restaurant on Mother's Day, and she was with her husband and I was with my girlfriend, and we just had an amazing conversation. And so I'm hoping that we can continue that conversation here. But like I said, we bring to you none other than Monique Jeter. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, we will continue our conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. So Monique, I just want to dive straight into it. Um, And I'll give the audience a a quick little backstory. So uh, it was it Easter Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. Easter Sunday, we met at a brunch spot, brunch spot in, in Washington, D.C., up in Georgetown. And I think you were sitting with your husband and your kid. And I was sitting with my girlfriend, Amanda. Yeah. And I think, I don't know how a conversation started, but we just started talking. And your husband was doing IT recruiting, similar to what uh, Amanda's doing. And, and you know, you said you had a media uh, company and you were directing films. And right off the back, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I want to hear about this. I really, really want to hear about like, what are you doing? What are you creating? <laughs> and I, I asked you those questions and you said that you just released a documentary called Hello 40s. And that's what I want to talk about today. And you're also saying how I want to work on the Hello 30s and I want to, I want to work on the Hello 20s. And I just thought that was an amazing idea because like hindsight 2020 there's so much knowledge you can give to the next person about coming up through what you've went through, right? And what you've seen, right? And I think it's so powerful how you have really are just um, turning this thing into uh, a platform where other people can learn from. 
So I think that's amazing, Monique. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, so let me just ask you right off the bat, what is the Hello series and how did this idea come about? Okay, well, I'll start with the Hello 40s documentary. So because that that is the breakout project. Uh, the Hello 40s documentary is about that aha moment we have all had, those of us who are in our 40s, that aha moment we have all had in our 40s. Um, I This came about because I was... I would, I had just had my son. I'm in my forties. My son is 10 years old. I had just had my son. I transitioned from information, I'm sorry, from media to information technology uh, because I have a passion for television and film and that's all I used to do. But mm. the minute I found out we were expecting, I looked at my husband and I was just like, we're going to have to do something. He didn't say mm. it. He knew not to say it, but I was just like, oh, we're going to have to do something because things were inconsistent on my end financially. Mm. And um, it was okay when I was a wife and um, it, I, I was my responsibility as well as Dwayne is my responsibility. But bringing a child in this world, I was like, I have to make some changes uh, financially. So I transitioned into IT. I was in grad school, decided to go. Um, I'm going to keep try to keep it short, but it's layered. So I decided to go uh, to Georgetown to obtain a master's in information technology, uh, focusing on project management. And um, it was such a, a tough experience for me, to be perfectly honest, because my core, like, I, I did not want to do IT. I just simply didn't want to do it. I wanted to continue to work in media. But I would be on production sets for 12 to 15 hours and I would work three straight months and then I would have maybe a month and a half off because there were no productions um, in production. Yeah. So I decided to make that transition and it was tough for me. So I made a promise to myself and I said, the minute I graduate, I am going to get back into production on my own terms because I know things are different now. I have a child. I'm, I no longer want to be on set for 10 to 15 hour days. Hmm. So I made a promise to myself. I said, the minute I graduate, I'm going to produce a show. So I produced a show and I started blogging, things like that. Um, but I knew it was something bigger, right? So I started blogging, I produced a show. And then I said to myself, I was still having this moment, like, what am I doing? It's not enough. I was giving back. I was providing a platform for all of my friends who are entrepreneurs and do what they love. But I still felt like it. As I'm still not like even scratching the surface of why I'm here. Yeah. So I prayed on it so heavily. I prayed on it, prayed on it. And then I was just like, um, my 40s have been tough. I know I'm not the only one who is having a tough time right now. So that I started talking to my friends and I was like, how are things for you? You know, these are my challenges. Are you feeling the same? And every single person, of course, our circumstances are different, but everyone was just like, I have had several aha moments and I'm having one a day. And it's just like, it spiraled this whole, and that's how the idea came about because wow. I was having a challenging time. And I was just like, I know I'm not the only one. Let me talk to some friends, colleagues. And I was just like, hmm, a light bulb went off. Hello forties. Because I feel like when I came into my forties, really because of my son, that I truly came into my own. So hello, that's why that's how Hello Forties was born. The Hello Forties documentary. So I, I started featuring people on a blog, and then I just wanted to take it to a different level. I was like, the masses need to hear and see this. Let me produce a documentary and submit it 
to uh, some of the finest film festivals out there. And that's how it was born. And then I was like, I'm in my 40s, but what about my little sister in her 30s and those who are in their 20s? I know they're having some aha moments. And even though I've had them also, but my, my aha moments in my 40s were just more profound because mm. of my son. But then I was just like, oh, this is a whole movement. We're going to do Hello 30s, 20s, Hello Teens. We're going to bring it back and do Hello 50s. Every milestone we're going to eventually produce. Hmm. And so I was doing some research and I saw that the Hello 40s premiered last year. And I believe it was at the Alamo Theater, correct? Yes. Yes. So Monique, that Beautiful is right theater. by that's right by where we both live. Because I know you live in yes. over here in Brooklyn. That's right down. Yes. That's a couple of minutes down the road. Yeah, I would have loved to known you last year and been able to be a part of that. But what was that like being in a, a beautiful theater and seeing your your film, you know, displayed for everybody to watch it? It was a beautiful experience. Uh, but to be honest, I was so stressed out <laughs> that I did not enjoy it. Um, I was I, I did. I took I, I took on more than I should have, but I had no choice and I don't regret it. It was mm. a beautiful experience, but it also made me realize I was just like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Mm. I mean, I did everything from the the seating placements and the night before I didn't sleep, I was printing out cars, making sure my wow. family, when they came in, because they've been so supportive, my family and friends, I wanted them to feel like this was a Hollywood premiere. And it, it was, it was beautiful. It, God like literally worked everything out for me, but um, mm. I, it made me say, I want more of this. Hmm, that is and, so, and that, that is, that's a beautiful that's theater too. Very beautiful. Very yeah. beautiful. Um, so like going more granular, right. What are some of those? Well, let me ask you this. How long did that creative process take for you to actually from, I have the vision to now it's at the Alamo theater being played. How long was that creative process? Well, I would say about three years, but it was because wow. of COVID. We had a um, a large delay, you know, because of COVID. Yeah. I started shooting before COVID, but then when you know when when everyone we, we were dealing with dealing with that, we didn't know what to do, and I didn't feel comfortable shooting anymore. So I would just we took a, a you know we took a step back for a minute. Um, so it took about three years. If we didn't have COVID. If we weren't dealing with that, I would say it probably would have taken about a year, but mm. it took about three years, but honestly, probably longer because all of the work that I've done previously, that I had done previously, like the blog and things like that, that already, like my wheels were just turning. So there were some things creatively that I was just able to like knock out because mm. I had uh, produced this blog. So my mindset was already like, just make sure that you leave an impact. So, hmm. And so during that creative process, Monique, what were some things that you knew you had to include in the Hello 40s? Like, what did you want people spe specifically to take away from this? You know, what were some of those aha moments that you talked about that you really wanted to like push across the screen? I wanted people to be inspired and I only inspired, motivated. You know, so many... and. And I, my cast uh, was diverse and I did that for a reason because I wanted anyone to be able to look at uh, my documentary and see themselves. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the uh, characters, their stories were tremendously layered. So even if they did not look like you, I guarantee something that they've gone through, 
you've possibly gone through as well. We feature four people, but that that's the most thing. I wanted people to walk away motivated. And that at the end of the, like we have footage from the red carpet at um, our premiere. And that's what people were saying. They were just like, I've been, so many dreams have laid dormant because I was scared for whatever reason. And they were just like, I am about to go hard. I'm about to knock these goals out. And that just warm. I'm, I'm very emotional anyway. So that warmed my heart to know that people left motivated. Like they left better than they did when they arrived. Mm. Mm. That's got to feel good. That's purpose right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Monique, yeah. In, your, in your own life, you know, what has been a difference between, say, your 40s compared to your 30s compared to your 20s? You know, what has been the difference of those chapters right when you talk about hello creating hello 40s and now you want to create hello 30s hello 20s what do you think is the biggest difference between each of those documentaries well i would say it's layer the biggest difference for me um in my 40s mm-hmm. i would say is that i know myself so mm-hmm. much more than i did in my 20s and 30s of course right um i know myself and i know my worth which a lot of us, we say we do, but we really don't because we deal with certain things, you know. Um, and so I would say that was, I know who I am. And I'm still mm-hmm. learning every day. But for me in my 40s, I truly, I know who I am and I've accepted myself. Like I, I provide grace, all of that, but I know who I am. But in terms of what I would say, 20s compared to 30s and 40s um, on the documentary spectrum, I would say I think that I'll be able to look at when I um, produce Hello 20s that I'll even be able to look at a 20 year old and learn from them. Hmm. So Hello 20s is not only going to be for 20 somethings. Hello 30s is not only for 30 somethings. We can all learn from one another. So Hmm. that's that's the biggest thing that I I, want to make sure that people understand just because someone is younger than you, just because someone is older than you does not mean you cannot learn from them. Wisdom comes in all shapes, sizes, and forms. Amen. That's the truth. That's the truth. Yeah. One thing that I want to talk about, since I feel like we're talking about age, right? And I feel like in a lot of our lives, there's a lot of moments where we feel like we should be in a certain place when we reach a certain age, right? And so, for example, you look at a 20-year-old, they might say, by the, term, by the time I turn 25, I want to be a millionaire, right? Or, you know, for a 30-year-old, it's, you know, right when I turn 31, I want to have kids and, and a husband, right? Or mm-hmm. uh, for a 40-year-old, it's like, I want to be super, I want to be financially independent. I want to be in control of all of my finances. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's never that simple, right? And I'm sure you've dealt with this and I've dealt with this is like, you have goals tied to tied to age, right? How do you deal with that, Monique, of like feeling like you should be somewhere? Maybe it's the world telling you should be there. How do you run your own race? That's something that I'm, I'm, I want to learn about. I think for me, um, well, I know for me that it's literally, <laughs> it's literally truly understanding that I am where I'm supposed to be. Mm. If you don't, and, and that comes with putting in work. Like there is not a, well, I have a 10-year-old, so maybe today. I don't know if I'm going to work. This is, for me, uh, it, it's good work. But I, we're speaking about Hello 30, so you have to look at things like that. Like, So you have to strategize, 
you definitely have to strategize and know that you're where you're supposed to be. But again, going back to initially where I started, that you're not going to feel like you're where you're supposed to be if you have not determined determined your goals. So you you don't what for me what what has worked is me saying where I want to be and then breaking it down. How am I going to get there? And literally putting in words. So when I have days like today, I have to work on a uh, a project with my son. So he's my priority, but I know what I need to do tomorrow, or I know what small thing I can do today that's going to make my task for the week a little, um, it, it's going to give it a little more ease, but knowing that you're where you're supposed to be. And then if you, you may not know where you're supposed to be, then you have to pray hard on it. But yeah, you, you don't just set a, a goal and, and, and hope it falls out of the sky and say, oh, I'll get there. You have to set a plan. You mm. set a plan. And then that's how you get through those tough days. You're like, okay, maybe this was a tough week. Maybe this was a tough month. But you you look back at your list and you're like, okay, this is what I need to do and give yourself grace. How am I, how, how am I doing with my plan? Did I do what I said I was going to do? But if, if you don't create a plan, you're never going to feel like you're where you're supposed to be. Mm. Amen. Yeah. Amen to yeah. that. Amen to that. I feel like as a, um, I feel like we all have passions, right? And we all, all have gifts that God has given us, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like what's unique about, you know, people like yourself, Monique, is that like you use that gift and you put it into film for the world to see, right? Whereas I might be doing podcasting, you know, another person might be doing artwork, right? right. But it's all kind of how they're expressing their passion and their gift, right? And I feel like at the same time, there's stuff that we face that throws us off that course, right? From, that throws us off uh, having that creative spirit, right? It's almost like there's opposition trying to like stop us from bringing out this goodness of what we have, right? And I'm sure you've dealt with it as being a mother, uh, which we want, which I want to talk about too. But like, I guess like, because you said, you know, when you had a kid, you know, you kind of had to divert a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And so the question I have for you is just, how do you make sure you're staying course, right? When it might not make sense financially, you know, you have a lot of, you know, there might be other single single moms listening to this. I know you're not a single mom, but there might be single moms listening to this where it feels like they can't do what they love, right? What would your advice be for people like that? Ooh, how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> we, have as much time, we have as much time as, as you want. You know, I, I would say you first, when you're, when you have a child, you, um, everybody parents differently. Everyone parents different. I have friends who have children who do not mind being on a set for 15, 17, 18 hours a day, right? So you literally have to run your own race. Hmm. Your circumstance is unlike anyone else's circumstance. You, you have to know if you have a child that God has blessed you with this little human being, you're responsible for however God still wants you to be happy. So you have to look at yourself and find a happy medium. If you, if you feel like you cannot find it, pray harder than you have ever prayed and pray on your knees. Hmm. You know, no, for me, I want to tell you a quick story. Um, Dwayne and I were going to move to L.A., uh, literally we were going to plan to move to LA in June, oh. June, meaning next month. 
I used to, I used to work in LA. I was there for eight months before Donovan was born. And I was just like, we need to move. We need to move. And Dwayne was all for it. But then I, I pulled out of it because I had to say to myself, I know what kind of mom I want to be. And if I were to make that move, when Donovan hits 19, 20, not even him being happy with the choice that I made, I knew that I know that I would not have been happy with the choices that I would have had to make had we went on with that decision to move to LA because I would not have been as present as I want to be. So mm -hmm. I had to I had to look at my situation and say, you know what kind of mom you want to be? What can you do with the parameters within your life? So I that's why for me I literally had to say producing one documentary a year through my company I was just like, is, is that enough for you? Is that going to fulfill you while you're working your nine to five at the same time? And I'm just like having this conversation with myself. It is because me being able to go on field trips with my son, he has a field trip tomorrow, me being able to go on field trips with him. And at the same time, if I want, I can have my laptop there working on my, how I want to break a story down or, or whatever I need to work on. So I just had to look at myself and constantly tell myself, this is your race. Don't put um, barriers. Don't, don't put barriers that do not need to be there. Like unrealistic time restraints, things like that. God gave you a gift. He, it's, it's up to us to bring that to fruition. Mm -hmm. If he sees you're doing everything that you can humanly possibly do, things are going to work out but you have to give yourself grace. You have to give yourself grace and then actually also structure. You have to provide some structure for yourself. So today, Ivory, when we finish our podcast, I need to plan for the week. How am I going to maneuver this week to make sure I have time for Donovan, for Dwayne, but to make sure that I have time for Donovan, to make sure that I am working on Hello 30s throughout the week, to make sure that I'm fulfilling my nine to five request. And also to make sure that my husband is good. I Sometimes I just look at him. I'm like, you good? Or we just do this. Like, <laughs> but you have to be strategic, but you also have to give yourself breaks. Mm. But yeah, like after we finish today, I re actually I have to run to the store to get some things for Donovan for a project tomorrow that I forgot about. And I gave myself grace. I'm just like, mm. Monique, you're doing a lot. You forgot mm. about it. Luckily, Dwayne caught it. So now I know I need to run to the store, but I'm also going to uh, going to strategize to make sure I handle everything today so my week can go as smooth as possible. But yeah, you, you, got, you have to run your own race. Hmm. No one's race is as yours is. That, is. that is so powerful. That was really insightful, Monique. I appreciate that. I'm taking that in, applying that to my life. Um, one thing that I want to talk about, and there's so much depth to to probably what you can speak on, right? And we can go all different types of places. But I did want to talk about you working your nine to five while also working on your on your real passion, which is media, which is film, mm -hmm. right? And I'll, I'll give I'll give you a broad question. It's just what's your mindset just overall about nine to five and working a, a part time side hustle? You know, how do you how does Monique perceive that? Uh, yeah. The Monique today knows that she has to do what she has to do so I can finance my own dreams. Mm. 
Hmm. The Monique before I produced my documentary was not happy with working a nine to five. I felt I felt like I was a sellout. I felt like, how dare you not pursue your passion full time? How dare you be scared to do it? Perspective is everything, though, right? Hmm. Um, so the film business is expensive. I don't care how you put it. Even if I take my iPhone, it's, you know, it depends on the caliber of work you're looking for. But for me personally, I know that it's important for me to be able to fund my own projects. Um, so for me, it's perspective. I have to look at it and say, I'm going to produce a documentary every single year until it's picked up. I know eventually I'll be able to transition and run my production company full time. But you have to look at yourself and say, like, what kind of creator do I want to be? What, you have to be honest with yourself. Some people are OK with being a struggling artist. I was actually OK before I had my son. I didn't care. I don't care who you were. If you want, if you call me to work on your production, I was there and I was probably mm. there before you. But it's like, as you mature, as I have matured and literally when my son, because of him, I'm just like, so the struggling artist route, that's not my route. That, that's just simply not for me. You have to know yourself. And I'm just like, I want to be able to put money into my own productions. Some people say you need to make sure that you find investors. My thing with that is that if you're not inv investing in your work, in your productions, in your product financially, then you allow others to come in and possibly take creative control. So you mm. have to know yourself. You have to know your limitations, what you want, short term and long term. So for me, like the overarching word is perspective. So the mm. Monique today, I... I am like, I will clock into my nine to five and I've been blessed with a really good situation. I work from home. Um, I may have to go in once or twice a week, but um, no, perspective is everything, but you have to know yourself. You hmm. have to know yourself. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, I want to pivot real quick. There's a lot of uh, people listen to this podcast and into my, into Think Gold, what we created here and they're aspiring professionals, right? There's a lot of you know, younger people like myself that are kind of get into a position to where you can be at, Monique. Um, we're, we're still going through those processes, but I get a lot of people talking about the IT field, right? What is what is some things that um, you benefit, benefited from working in IT and why should the next person jump into IT? The IT field has changed my life. I mm. honestly, I know I sound, that sounds cliche, but it really has. I have never made as much money as I currently make. Um, and I, I mean, you say IT, some people look at it as it as technical. I don't have a technical position. I'm a software trainer, um, but it's changed my life. And it, it's one of the best things. Like I went reluctantly into the field because I didn't have a choice, but I'm very happy that I did because even the, the, my responsibilities and my nine to five are helping me and have helped me with my business. Hmm. So I, I say to those people, it's, it's, like, even if you're not technical, don't shy away from the IT field. And mm -hmm. it is so wonderful because there are so many different different avenues you can take. If you consider yourself a techie, great. Then you can go that route. You can go into coding. You can go into cybersecurity. So many different routes. But if you're not, don't worry because I, my husband thinks I'm technical, but I know I'm not. I, I just know how to do what I need to do to get where I need to get. 
there's, <laughs> hey, there's there's levels to it all, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But I would say definitely, like the IT field truly has changed my life financially. Mm. And it's yeah. able to, and again, back to perspective, I'm able to fund my own productions. Like mm. my next Hello 30s, I'm funding it on my own. Um, I may end up not needing to, but I will be able to. And that's through me having a lucrative career in information technology. Mm, I like that lucrative yeah. career in information technology. And when you do fund your own business, right? And you get the fruit from what you sowed, right? That's all your fruit, right? You're not giving fruit to anybody else, but yourself and your family. So that's a, that's a big key right there that a lot of people Absolutely. overlook. That's mm -hmm. a big key right there. Absolutely. Um, so with that being said, you know, talking about your nine to five and talking about your side hustle right there, I'd be remiss to ask you and for the audience is how do you know when to leave or how do you know when to pivot into you know, fully into your side hustle, maybe not only financially, but maybe more so speak to the mental aspect of it. So, you know, when I just said that I made like, I am not dreading working. Well, I don't work tomorrow because of the field, field trip, but I am not dreading working Tuesday. When you dread going to work, then you need to check in with yourself. Hmm. You because no one deserves. I don't care how much money. I don't. I don't care if you're making two hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars a year, three hundred thousand a year. If you dread doing it, it is not worth it. Hmm. So that's when all money is not good money. Hmm. So, so I would definitely say if you dread doing anything, just don't do it. And if you currently have a job where you're dreading on Sundays, you 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 get stressed out. You you feel yourself going into like slight depression, or you know we have to be very careful with that. That is not the avenue for you. And this is when you have to truly know yourself, okay? Hmm. So I feel like when you, the right time to pivot, like Dwayne thinks the right time for me to pivot is now. That's my husband, right? He thinks it's now, but I know that it's not. Hmm. I know how I want to set myself up. I made a promise to myself that every year I'm going to produce a documentary, like I have big plans for this hello, this hello movement, right? I'm not going to be, well, I'm not going to say I'm not going to be able to do that, but I don't, I want to position myself how I want to position myself. So mm. I have a plan. That is my plan. I want to put my money into it because this is my baby. God, like I, God gave me this vision. I don't want anyone else trying to take control, creative control, right? So I know what I need to do. But I would say um, it's a feeling. If you are dreading going to your nine to five, and that doesn't even mean that you should pivot and, and go into entrepreneurship full time. That just means that, like I have, let me just, I'm so blessed to be where I am in terms of the people I work with on my nine to five. Like I work with a beautiful group of people. Um, but if, if you do not look forward to doing what you do nine to five, don't do it. Mm. Maybe you need to pivot to another nine to five or something that is better with your personality type, maybe something that's not as strenuous, but I would say you, you have to truly know yourself. And if you don't know yourself right now, that is okay too. pray harder than you have ever prayed and be as specific as you can. Hmm. That's wisdom yeah. right there. That's wisdom, Monique. You dropping some gems on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> dropping some gems. Dang. <laughs> wow. This is hello 20s times hello 40s right now. We mean in the middle. This is crazy. Right. Um, so I have a, a couple more questions here. 
And this I can one talk was, to you forever, Ivory. I know, right? I, I don't want to drag it too long because I want to be I want to be respectful of your time. But when we first talked on the phone, you said, "Oh, I can talk about a lot of topics. I can talk about importance of having the right mate." So let's talk about that. Let's talk about that, right? We don't got to spend a whole bunch of time on it, but just overall, kind of, you know, and, and maybe speak to the younger person, right, a little bit, right? You know, when we have these purpose and we have passions and we have gifts that we want to bring out. Right. How should we go about finding the right partner? Right. And then I had a little subtopic is like, do you want someone that is also that same way? Like, do they have to be that same go getter passionate? They need to be more supportive. Like, how do we perceive that? First, you don't try to find the right person. Hmm. It, it is organic. It literally just happens. I met Dwayne at a gas station <laughs> on my way to work. We, so we have different versions of this story, <laughs> <laughs> but he approached me first, but I met him at a gas station. So you, you're not going to make anything happen. If it's the right thing, it's going to happen organically. That is the first thing, but your mate is so important for so many different levels. But since we're speaking of career, um, there was a time where Dwayne did not get what I do. He didn't understand it. I moved to LA before my son was here. We were married for, this is, we argue about this too, but we, we were married at the time for about mm, three months. But I had told him previously that I was going to move to LA. This was my dream. And he was like, okay, okay. We have different versions of this story also. Okay. I told him <laughs> I was leaving. I, I left. He was in Maryland. I went to LA and um, it was a tough time. I was there for eight months, happiest time of my life. I was just like, you need to get it together. But it was the happiest time of my life. And um, he was not supportive because he did not know how to be supportive, right? Mm. This was like 12 years ago. He was also 12 years younger. So I moved back home. And the more I worked on my passion and that he saw that I was not letting up, that he saw I would work a 12 hour shift and get up the next morning, excited to go on set, he eventually got it. And he was just like, because he didn't understand. He was like, you are so smart. You can make so much money. And at the time I was probably making $200 a day for 12 hours a day, work, yeah. hours a day. Yeah. which is that's pennies right but he was just like you are so smart why are you doing this you need to do this you need to do that and I was just like this is what I need to do so yeah. when I constantly did it eventually he was just like oh this is this is what she's supposed to do like I clearly see this passion in her and then so over time he had no choice because it 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 almost did create a wedge and our marriage because he did not understand the level he understood my passion because he's an entrepreneur but he didn't understand that I had to do what I had to do for that little uh you know that that small amount of money but eventually mm -hmm. eventually he knew that I had to do it so you you have to and I always tell him the me today it would never work because if I were to meet someone today and and I had that same struggle but I'm in my 40s but I had that same struggle and someone did not understand my passion. I'm not trying to help you understand it. See you later. Right. Hmm. We were, we were, <laughs> I was, I was in my late twenties. He was in his early thirties. So he didn't know how to understand. So what kept us together 
is that he is an entrepreneur. He's an entrepreneur. And that's why he eventually saw the only difference was uh, the finances in terms of what we did. My passion was just as strong as his. My need to do what I was doing was just as strong as his. So he ultimately did get it. But I would say to the person in your 20s or 30s, if somebody does not truly understand, and you know this deep down inside, we know it. Don't lie to yourself. Do not lie to yourself. If someone truly does not understand and respect what you love to do, take it for face value. Hmm. You take it for face value. Now, I'm not saying if you're in a relationship today that you break up with a person, but that's when I would really um, employ your faith even more. You have to be honest with yourself, though. But so eventually he came around because he was younger and, you know, we grew up together. But I would say, don't don't lie to yourself. You know when something is not right. You know when someone doesn't truly get your your vision, your grind. And you don't have time to try to help them figure it out. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Wow. But you did yeah. ask me something else. What was the other thing? Was that everything? No, that was so basically it was just, you know, the mindset that younger people have to have when they have a purpose and a passion and looking for a significant other, right? And you said, number one, it happens organically. First of all, you said you check me, you say you don't look, right? It, it comes to and I'm I'm in an amazing relationship. And that's literally what you said is the truth. Um yeah. so and I feel like not even your significant other though, right? It's like even family members too, right? Your own mom, your sisters, and and I I look at it from it's like it comes to a point where you can no longer you can no longer tell somebody your dreams and aspirations. You just have to show them. Like, yes, that's the only way that people will really understand is if you do it, just do it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because the it's same- not for them to understand. It Amen. is not for them to understand. Amen. So we were talking the other day, Monique, and I, I put down a hashtag, be easy. And I, I forgot why I put that down. Can you, why, why do you think I put that down? Because I probably sent it to you. <laughs> when I saw it, I was just like, well, hey, there you go. Literally, like that, that is one of my missions. Um, things sometimes are not that serious. We put so much stress on ourselves. We, we put these unrealistic timelines, unrealistic and not unrealistic goals, but again, your timeline to get there. Sometimes you literally have to just be easy. Mm. I'm also an actress and I was meeting the lead actress maybe two weeks ago. You never know what people are going through also, but she was just like a little frazzled and she was just like, um, I want, because we were meeting to do media, you know, some social media clips. And she was just like, I, I wasn't sure what we needed to do. And I was just, just like, let's be easy. Let's just be easy. And we ended up having such a good time. We were able to produce so much content. And it's because we, we took the edge off of it. Like even this conversation we're having is not an interview. It's a conversation. Like try your best. And I've have to tell I've had to tell myself this also. Try your best to take that edge. Whatever that edge is, is different. Like that's subjective, right? It's different yep. for, for all of us. Take it off and be easy. It doesn't mm. mean you don't care. 
It just means that you're going to be so much more effective and productive if you take the edge off. Look, just mm. just be easy, baby. Be easy. Be easy, baby. Be yeah, easy. I like that. <laughs> All right, Monique. So last portion of the podcast called the deep end, right? It's mm -hmm. some fill-in-the-blank fill questions. Ready? Yes. I am nothing without. My faith. Mm. My greatest joy is. My baby boy. This world needs. You. <laughs> we can have a whole conversation about that. But you. Our greatest battle is. That right there. Inclusion. Inclusion. Can you explain Inclusion. that? Absolutely. Um, it goes back to Hello 40s. I, I Every documentary that I produce, my um, it must be diverse, right? Inclusivity is so underestimated. If we allow people into our lives who not only look like us, but look completely different, we would learn so much. And I feel like so many of us and me growing up in Washington, D.C., that's Chocolate City. It, it used to just be Chocolate City, right? But but as I have moved up in the workforce and in business, I know the importance of having conversations with people who look completely different than me because mm -hmm. you learn so much from them. There are things that people did not know about African-American women or just women in general, mothers, someone who, who goes through my battles. And you're not going to know unless you have a conversation with me. So that's why inclusion is so important. We are so much more alike than not. Hmm. We have to remember that. So this right here, it, it's a, it, it's truly like, it's literally my makeup, right? And I'm proud of it. But if, if I don't speak to people who look completely different than me, I am not allowing myself to grow. Hmm. Wow. Wow. That's big time right there. That's big time. That's something different that I haven't heard on the podcast when I asked that question. That's that's huge right there, Monique. Any last any last words you'd like to leave the audience with? I know you just dropped the gem right there, but is there any last words that you wanted to leave the audience with? I want to go back to one of your questions. You just, um, I think it was the third one you said, and I said you, you said. This world needs, and you said you. This yeah. world needs you. <clears throat> uh, it goes back to back to inclusion for me again. I think if we all understand our value and our beauty, that we would all be better off. Like you truly have to understand that you were built, designed to do whatever you want to do. Like your wildest dreams, that's how we'll take it out. Hmm. Believe that your wildest dreams are attainable. There's nothing. Like if you want to go to the French Riviera, believe you can make it happen. Hmm. And once you truly start believing it, if you have a nine to five and you want to move up in your career, but you don't know how you're going to become a director, uh, you don't you don't see yourself in that light. First, you have to see yourself in that light. Hmm. So believe you can do it. Believe you can uh, achieve anything and put yourself on a pedestal. Ooh, I can talk all day to you. Put yourself on a pedestal. That's what we'll end with. <laughs> but that, that's. That right there is is the think gold model in a nutshell. Like you're someone yeah. who embodies like think gold. Like you're striving Thank you. for. Thank you. You're like I want to give you your flowers because you're striving for like like you know you only have one life. Like I feel like you know that. Like you I know, know in your soul that like 
this is your opportunity. Like, yeah. this is your moment. You're going to make the most out of it. So when it's, you know, as morbid as it seems, like, I think about, like, death all the time and the, and the fact mm-hmm. that, like, I got to make the most of this life, right? And it's like, when you do that, you realize just how every day is a gem. Like, every day is a gift. And when you realize that you only have one life, it's like, God wants you to do something special. Like, yes. whatever you believe, whatever you can, whatever you can literally think in your brain, it can happen. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to build the Eiffel Tower, you believe in your mind, it, like, you believe that and you'll find ways to connect yourself with a builder who just built a similar building like the Eiffel Tower. Yes. And that's how crazy the universe is. It's like, that's why I like how you said, like, you actually have to be it, right? Like, you have a vision, right? You know, Monique, the, you know, I want to go to the, uh, what is it, the Oscars, the Grammys? Is the Oscars? Oscars. The Oscars, the Oscars yeah. right? I want to go to the, I want to go to the Oscars. Like, I want to be that type of director, right? And then you start, before you even get that Oscars, you feel like you already won it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you feel like every day, like, you just have that trophy in your hands. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, you go into a networking event, you meet with, Will Smith's brother, Will Smith's brother's like, come over here, come talk to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. it's, I don't know how to explain all the the ways that the universe works like that, but it's it's different. It's different. So it is. It is. You you have to believe though. And again, that's another one. It sounds so cliche, but but it's real. Like if you don't believe, if if you don't, if I didn't consider myself a filmmaker, even before I was a filmmaker, Hello 40s would have never happened. The Hello documentaries wouldn't be in the midst of happening. We would not be in pre-production. So I have to see myself in a certain light before Ivory is going to see me in a certain light. Hmm. So I called myself a filmmaker way before I produced Hello 40. See, we started talking again. I can talk to you all day long. <laughs> but you have, you have to believe, but that's what I mean about that pedestal. Yeah. You have to put your... And some people say, no, you should be modest. You know, that that's another conversation. Yes, you want... You want to have a certain level of modesty. However, if you want to believe the unachievable that the you yesterday thought, thought you could not achieve, you have to put yourself on a pedestal. And mm-hmm. don't even worry about anybody else knocking you down. You can't knock yourself down because mm-hmm. we are our worst critics. So you put yourself on that pedestal and do not allow yourself to knock you down. Because if you won't allow yourself to yourself to knock you down, no one else has a chance. Mm. No one else has mm, a chance. Mm, mm. Gold bars right there. That's that's gold. <laughs> that's gold bars right there. Okay, Monique, where can people where can people reach you? Uh, where's the best way to like show support and to see like what you're doing and, and how to stay in contact with you? Well, I'm glad we're having this conversation because a few months ago someone hacked my social media. Mm. So I'm rebuilding. So everything happens for a reason. Um, so my business IG is Mo Media Films. Mo Media Films. Okay, Mo, that's M O M E D I A Films. So that's my business IG. And then Facebook. I used to have a tremendous amount of friends on Facebook. I think I maybe have about seventy now. So I'm rebuilding. But Monique Jeter Holly. Monique Jeter Holly. Monique Jeter Holly. That is my full name. Yes. And my website is Mo Media ent.com so momedia ent.com yes got it well monique thanks for joining us today it was Thank a pleasure you. yes. you're Same amazing <laughs> and you're going to do amazing things and and this is this was a dope conversation that people are going to benefit from here so thank you so much monique i appreciate you thank you as well ivory 
Thanks for tuning in to the Think Gold podcast today. I'm your host, Ivory Frimpong, and I want to take the time to appreciate you for tuning in and really taking the time to listen to this from start to finish. We release episodes every single Monday, and our goal is to reach as many people as we can. And that starts with you leaving us a five-star review and subscribing to our channel, along with following us on all social media platforms at Think Gold Media, so we can continue to bring you guys great content continue to feed you guys with great perspective and insight to some of the most inspiring people in the world. Think gold. God bless. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.